Family, welcome back to another episode of the Fearless Footballers Podcast. I am glad that you have joined me on this beautiful Monday or whenever you are listening or watching this. So glad to have you on board and I appreciate every single one of your feedback. It's been absolutely unbelievable, the support that I've had. Yes, there's few TikTok comments that come and say, you're no good, you were never that good, your last name only gets you so far, but we block those out. We know it's coming from a place of insecurity, jealousy, and some hurt slash trauma from their life and that sort of thing. So it's them projecting it onto you. It is nothing personal. So whenever you get a few little hate comments here and there, just remember that Hate never comes from a place of above. It always comes a place of below you. So just remember that when someone decides to give you a nice little negative comment, which I've covered on my Instagram. But moving on from that, what I wanted to speak about today is me making the decision to move back to Adelaide. So I spent 12 months in in Melbourne. I spoke about this on my previous episode on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. But basically covered my time in Melbourne and how I so did how I chose to quit footy halfway through the year and focus on a lot of my weaknesses and areas of improvement that I thought were a big indicator and sort of stepping stone slash a baseline for me to work on to be able to go into the next season full steam ahead. I thought that was the right decision to make to pull back for one step back, two steps forward type of thing. So we're going into that next stage and sort of the decision-making around moving back to Adelaide and why that happened. So to cover all basis, basically the last couple months of living in Melbourne, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. So our lease had ran out of the place with my football mates. We didn't decide to get a new property together because one guy was from Tasmania, one guy was from Sydney. They were going to go back home at the end of the footy season. I was staying in Melbourne because I had work and other things going on in Melbourne, but I wasn't sure what I was going to do footy-wise for the following year. I didn't think I was going to go back to Werribee. If I was going to go anywhere, it would have been Port Melbourne. And I spent a little bit of time at Port Melbourne because Gary Ayres was coaching. Dad knew Gary Ayres uh, and loved him, had a really good relationship with him. So I spent about probably six weeks or so towards the end of that year that I spent in Melbourne just training with them. It was sort of approaching on their finals campaign and I just wanted to keep in touch with footy, get back to, I'd probably spent about 10 or so weeks in the gym, just focusing on building those foundations, getting my technique and form on point so that when I did progress with weight in in the gym and that sort of thing, it was flawless. So spent that time, 10 weeks there, then yeah, went and just trained uh, two nights a week, one night, a, one night a week, I think it was just during their main session, just to keep in touch with football. So I had that connection there. If I was to go around again, I think it would have been with Port Melbourne, but Two months to go, living with my housemates, and it come to sort of crunch time a little bit, but more so my coach from Glenelg that I had, or the coach of the Glenelg, I don't, he didn't coach me at all, but had a little bit of a relationship with him because he would always check in with me. As soon as I got delisted from the Adelaide Crows, he invited me back to the Glenelg Football Club and said, hey mate, we'd love to have you on board. I told him, look, I'm not sure what I'm doing yet, probably thinking about going to Melbourne. And he was super keen for that to happen. He 
obviously wanted me back at the Glenelg Footy Club, but he decided to help me out in different ways. We, I went in there once or twice a week and watched my vision with him. Uh, we spoke about the feedback that I had gotten from the football club, and he said, let's watch a few quarters of your games throughout the year and those sorts of things. And he was massive, and I absolutely loved that time and got a lot, of, got a lot out of it and kind of felt bad in a way for not pursuing that earlier. Um, everything happens for a reason. They went on to win a premiership that year. So who knows if I would have played league football or not. I'm not too sure. But at, towards throughout the year, he sort of kept in contact and I always keep an eye on those Glenelg scores and see where they're sitting in that. And my brother was at Glenelg at the time as well. So would be watching him. And yeah, they ended up winning that grand final. He was always keeping in contact. At the end of the year, after he went on holidays, he was calling me on his, I think he was in Bali. He was tripped to Bali. He was calling me saying, what are you up to? We'd love to have you at the club and that that side of, that sort of thing. And it just meant a lot. And it meant a lot to have a coach that was excited to have me a part of the club because I'd never really felt that strong connection with a coach that really wanted you a part of that program. And I think that is a really big thing. If you can find a coach that believes in you and wants you to be a part of their team for whatever reason, I think it's important to follow that coach and try to um, do everything you can to not sit in their good books, but just keep a really close connection with because they can help you massively with that one-on-one development. And I think he would have definitely helped me in that way. So that's why I decided to end up moving back to Adelaide and going with Glenelg and Mark Stone because he just showed that genuine care and uh, want for me to be at the club. So I think it was December of that year, I decided to move back to Adelaide and it was one of the hardest decisions because I loved my time in Melbourne. I felt like in Melbourne that I could reset a little bit and it was a chance for me to meet so many new people, which was putting myself outside my comfort zone. But it also meant that I could literally tell them whatever I wanted about my life, about my story, because they didn't know who I was, what I'd been through and all that sort of thing, which was refreshing for me. I think because I had a bit of a name in Adelaide, everyone sort of knows everyone in Adelaide because it is so small. And going to Melbourne where no one really knew who you were, it was just so refreshing and I literally didn't tell them like really any of who my family was or anything until probably a couple months in because I just wanted to go in there, be myself and I wanted them to appreciate and build relationships on me and not the father that I have, the family that I have, the success that he's had in Adelaide. I wanted it to be for me and I felt like I didn't have that in Adelaide. I felt like I had quite a few fake sort of relationships and whether that was my doing or who knows, um, everything happens for a reason, like I said before. But when moving to Melbourne, I just felt like I had those genuine connections because I built it off them knowing nothing about my past, nothing about what I've done, what I've been through is just who I was as a person. And I felt that's why it was so hard to leave towards the end of uh, that season, end of that year, because the connections that I had felt like no other that what that I had in Adelaide. So that was sort of 
the toughest part of that, but did move to Adelaide. And luckily enough, I did because COVID did hit in March that next year. So work-wise, I transferred straight over to the Adidas in Adelaide, which was pretty seamless, uh, which was good to have in my back pocket and, and that. And then we started pre-season and we probably got, well, we got two months in and we're on the verge of playing a trial game. I think we may have played one trial game. I'm not too sure. And then they can't or postpone the season and put the season on hold because COVID did hit. Then work was called off and then we sorry, then work was called off and we started getting uh, the JobKeeper payments, which sort of kept me going, which was awesome. And that was the start of my personal training business, which I'll definitely touch on. I think it's the next episode we've got planned for you guys. It is episode 17 will be about that sort of stuff because it is an episode in itself. But that sort of in hindsight worked out well because that year Melbourne cancelled their whole year because they got pretty, got pretty got hit pretty hard with COVID, if I can speak today, gee whiz, they got pretty hit, oh my goodness, they got hit pretty hard with COVID, try to say that fast in your head right now, or say it out loud, because I can't speak today, obviously, Um, worked out really well, our season did get postponed, however, we could continue to play the second half of the year, and pretty much got a full season in, because we extended our season a little bit longer, my season... I'll talk about it quickly. Probably is another episode in itself. I started off the season relatively well. I was in the league side playing consistent league football. The business started to take off, which was awesome, but it got me really, really busy. And I was doing 60 hours a week. I was absolutely loving it. And then I had football on top of that. So I had Adidas at the time as well, because I didn't finish that until end of September. Once JobKeeper payments finished, I quit Adidas. And then I had, obviously, my PT sort of stuff. So 60 hours between those two jobs. And then I had football on top of that, which is probably like a 15 to 20 hour commitment a week as well. So by the time it got to the weekends, I was absolutely cooked. And obviously, that's the time you need to be as fresh as possible because you need to perform. And my performance started to deteriorate. My focus around football also started to deteriorate because we had an app at the time, which was called a wellness app. And one morning I had missed the wellness by, I think it was, I think it was an hour. I missed the wellness by an hour. I then, the coach at the time, he said a couple of weeks prior to that, if anyone misses wellness, they're going to miss a game for one week. You can't play league or reserve. So leadership group had a meeting. They had brought me in and said, hey, look, we've got to stick to, or Mark said he's got to stick to his word and I have to miss a game for it. As unlucky as, unlucky as I was, I did have a packed morning that morning with clients and just completely forgot about it. Uh, did it an hour late when I had finished and was eating lunch. And yeah, that was a big learning curve for sure. And I missed that week. The next week I come back, I played one of the worst games of my life. Uh, we, I remember we were playing South Adelaide. We were getting beaten quite comfortably, but personally I was just turning the ball over. It was a horrible game. And that next week I got dropped. And that was probably an even bigger reality check because one, I kind of expected to get dropped the way I performed, but obviously no one wants to get dropped. 
no one wants to be playing reserves football. Everyone wants to be pushing as high as they can. So I went down to the reserves for the last, I think, three or four games. And then we, our senior team made the finals. Our reserves were struggling for the year, so we didn't make finals. Um, we had a training session, our main training session the week of the final. I performed really well in the midfield. And Mark said, mate, you've earned yourself a spot back in the team. You're playing in this week's final. And he said, we're going to play you through the midfield on the wing. And that game, I played a pretty good game. And it was just sort of a testament to the resilience you kind of have to have when adversity hits. It's definitely not easy and something that a lot of people struggle with. But once that adversity does hit, it's how you respond from that. I'll speak a lot more about this in the next episode about how I turned around that adversity because it was the help of mum and dad as well and sort of forcing me slash pushing me to or pushing more so forcing me to slow down on the PT stuff and focus more on footy which I am grateful for I struggled to have that concept in my mind a little bit when they first sat me down and said, hey, you got to sort your priorities out here because I was loving the PT stuff. I was loving running my own business, which is great, but I had aspirations to play AFL and my actions weren't matching that. So I don't want to get too much into that next episode, but the biggest learning out of this episode is to trust your gut because if I didn't trust my gut in making the decision to move back to Adelaide when I did. I would have been stuck in Melbourne with COVID and had no footy for the whole year. And I think the next year as well pretty much got cancelled. If not, they got they didn't play too many games. They might have played a few at the start and then it got cancelled after that again. So I would have been stuck in Melbourne, not being able to go five kilometers from a house, having an eight o'clock curfew. So there was definitely signs telling me to go back to Adelaide and I listened to that gut. I was able to play a full season of football and even though it probably wasn't the best overall season of football, I still got to enjoy what I love and I also got to start up a PT business out of that and there's going to be a lot more of the manifestation side of things coming in that next episode because there was a lot more to it than just starting up during COVID and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys. So the biggest takeaway, listen to your gut, listen to the signs that Uh, around you that are sent from above, there is definitely something higher above than us, whether that is God, whether that is the universe, angels, whatever you want to believe in, but don't think you're on this journey alone. There's always something of higher power above you. Listen to that, let it guide you and trust that it has your best interest in heart because the people on this earth, no one really, apart from your parents, probably, unfortunately, not everyone has has your best interest at heart. So listen to that higher power, let it guide you through life, let it take you through the journey and the path that you're meant to be on and you will have the success that you want. Stay fearless, family.